Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, the Puma. Welcome in, brother man. Podcast 143, I believe, correct? Yeah, something like that. I, how are we doing today? You know, I'm, I'm in the great, great white north known as Connecticut. Psych, we barely got any snow on the ground from this uh, <laughs> nor'easter, this bombogenesis storm. Yeah. Uh, but... No, life, uh, life is uh, life's pretty good up here. How you doing, Jay? How are you doing in Seabus? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Um, today was the start of NFL free agency. It is the legal tampering period, but we all really know that as the beginning of free agency. So lots of moves went down. Um, it was fun. You know, we, we got our NFL fix, right? It was nice to just sit all around all day and uh, hit refresh on Twitter just to see where all the breaking mm-hmm. news coming through. Yep. What a time to be alive, Jay. We got free agency. We got March Madness. It's the most mm-hmm. wonderful time of the year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, let's start with some uh, some big news here. So the, one of the biggest um, moves that came out of free agency was when the gym, when the Las Vegas Raiders signed uh, Jimmy Garoppolo as their next quarterback. I believe it was a three-year contract for $36 million, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, so what's your thoughts on that move? I mean, he gets to, you know, have another bite at the starting uh, the starting gig, Apple. Uh, he's with his uh, old offensive coordinator and, uh, you know, in uh, Josh McDaniels out in Vegas. Uh, you know, there's really nobody breathing down his neck. And in theory, he's with the head coach that actually likes him. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's a good move for Jimmy. Uh, I mean, personnel-wise, the Raiders are going to have to address a couple of more needs after a move that was made this afternoon with Darren Waller being shipped out to the Giants. But, I mean, this offensive line almost got Derek Carr killed a couple of times last year. So, yeah. I mean, they're going to have to fix that in the draft or, or in free agency somehow. I, you know, I just don't know how much cap money, you know, cap space they're going to have left, uh, especially after signing Jacoby Myers this morning. Uh, and, you know, you signed Jimmy G. But, on paper, a good move. I mean, it's really not that big of a difference of him yeah. from Derek Carr. Uh, it's just whether or not like he's going to be upright by week three if they don't address this yeah. offensive line issue. Well, you know how Jimmy Garoppolo is, right? So he could be going to the stadium and he could be uh, getting his coffee from Starbucks and he could get a hangnail while he's getting that coffee and he could be out for the rest of the year. That's just what Jimmy Garoppolo is, right? The guy is good when he's on the field. The problem is he's not on the field much. Now, in regards to the Raiders themselves, you know, my sister, she's a, she's a Raiders fan, so she's uh, she's kind of lamenting this because, I mean, I kind of feel her pain. At the end of the day, Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo are the same people. Like, simply put, Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo are like the Spider-Man and me where they're pointing at each other. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the same quarterback. Actually, I'll go one step further. I think Derek Carr obviously has more durability than Jimmy Garoppolo. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Now, I think this move was made with a little bit of um, – Probably, uh, I guess, angst by by the head coach because he realizes if he doesn't win this year, he's gone. Like, J- like Josh McDaniel has to win at least, in my opinion, double digit wins, like somewhere in the nine to eight, ten to seven mark, uh, make the playoffs, um, just to kind of keep his job. Uh, I feel like the heat's already there for him to perform. So, you know, in these situations, as is with you know most people in life, you know, we, we go back to what we're comfortable with. And looks like Josh McDaniel was very comfortable with Jimmy Garoppolo running his system. So he went out there and he basically, you know, signed him up. And then today you saw Jacoby Myers, another expatriate that was running, that was actually running uh, wide receiver in the um, in uh, Josh McDaniel system. He brought him in as well. So I think you're starting to see, you know, the New England Patriots West really starting to take form here. Um, and and they better hope they better win, man. 
Oh, for sure. For sure. And, uh, you know, Mark Davis is going to have some bills to pay. So he needs to get some fans in the stands. They need to make a run. Um, I mean, 10 wins and that AFC West is going to be a tall order to do. Um, but I mean, they definitely need a better showing than what they did last year because yeah. I mean, I had them as a potential dark horse in the AFC mm-hmm. thinking, oh, well, Tyreek's gone. And, you know, you heard of the offseason, like, oh, like, you know, Mahomes and Bienemy were kind of at each other's throats a little bit towards the end. I thought it was going to be an open, open time for them to make a run. They're going to have to make a run this year. So definitely yeah. going to be interesting to see what the Raiders do in Vegas. So do you think this is the end of the moves for the Raiders or do you think more is coming down the pipeline? Because, you know, we saw uh, obviously Darren Waller get shipped out to the New York Giants today. My brother's super happy about that. Um, and now we're starting to hear that Hunter Renfro could potentially be moved as well. And it seems to make sense that you're not going to need both Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro. I feel like they're both redundant of who they are mm-hmm. and their skill set. So there's some rumblings that Hunter Renfro might end up with the Saints. Um, he's on the trade block. So... Do you see any other major moves coming uh, down the pike for for the Raiders? I think short of, you know, moving Hunter Renfro for, you know, late draft assets to, you know, build on like that tight end room or other skill position needs. uh, I think that's really going to be the only logical move left. Uh, Again, I'm not too sure off the top of my head how they look cap wise. um, But I think McDaniel is, like you said, is cleaning house and putting people in there that he knows he can you know, win with, with his guys and Hunter Renfro wasn't his, it was, uh, you know, John Gruden, Mike Mayock guy. And mm-hmm. that's no shots, you know, yeah. across the bow at, at uh, Hunter Renfro. He's a great asset, but yeah. when you just paid that much money in Jacoby Myers, who essentially does somewhat of the same thing, uh, you know, there's only so many miles to feed in that offense. So what's your, what's your take on the fact that Hunter Renfro, obviously coming out of college, was the perfect Patriot, right? The, the guy was going to be, hey, if Bill Belichick takes a slot guy, he's the next Edelman, right? What's it say about him that he wasn't able to fit into this Patriot system by Josh McDaniel? Is this simply a byproduct of the fact that he always he was hurt? I mean, he had two major concussions um, where you know he basically wasn't healthy for most of the year. Or do you think there's something more to this? Because I, I truly was a little befuddled by that move by, by the Raiders today because I, I truly don't think there's much of a difference between Hunter Renfro and Jacoby Meyer. Maybe Jacoby Meyer is a little bit taller. Um, he might have a little more athleticism. But when it comes to pure route running skills, the burst in and out of routes, I mean, both these guys aren't burners down the field. Um, they're both, you know, get open within four to five you know yards of the line of scrimmage and uh, try to make it easier on your quarterback. You know, do you think there was more to just the um, just the injuries? You think maybe there was a, an issue learning the system? Like, wh- why do you think they went after Jacoby Myers and they basically made Hunter Renfro expendable? I think it probably it, honestly, I think it just came down to the injuries because I mean, he got that he got walloped that first time with the concussion, and then I think he tried to come back, you know, way too soon in my opinion, and uh, you know, he got injured again, and we really didn't see him. But I mean. He's been productive, you know, in that offense, and he showed glimpses with, you know, Josh McDaniel as his head coach in that offense as well, too. I'm just going to go with, you know, the injury aspect of things, and I'm not too sure if they're, like, essentially the same age, but, you know, athleticism, like you said, I'll tip the scales towards Jacoby. But, I mean, other than that, it's clean wash. So he doesn't strike me as a guy that was – an issue behind the scenes or had a problem getting dressed down in front of the locker room uh, if he missed a route or a block or whatever. So I'm leaning more towards the concussion aspect of things. I would be shocked if news came out and said, Hey, like he wasn't jiving with the head coach or he wasn't picking up the playbook. Yeah. 
Why do I feel as if the Patriots are going to make a move for Hunter Renfro? Why, no doubt. They're going to trade an Arby's <laughs> gift card and, yeah, uh, and a Dunkin' yeah. Donuts gift card for uh, yeah. for Hunter Renfro. The, the, and, the, the marking's already on the board. Yeah. yeah. All the, the Bill Belichick walking out gifts come out, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> By God, is that his music? Yeah. Here uh, comes last, Bill. <laughs> last question on the Raiders. So, you know, I think, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is probably somewhere in that Worst quarterback in the AFC West like title, right? I mean, he's basically know, him or him or Russell Wilson are are the ones that are going to take the mantle for the worst quarterback in that division. So you've got Patrick Mahomes, clear cut winner. We both agree, Justin Herbert and his his faults. He's probably second best quarterback in that division. Russell Wilson, I think he's gonna have a bounce back here, but I can't say that confidently just yet. So it's mm. up between Russell Wilson and Jimmy Garoppolo. So. Do you see somehow the Raiders winning the, the AFC West? If not winning, are they going to sneak into the playoffs with the wild card? I mean, we all kind of see it as, you know, Chiefs and then Chargers. And I'm high on the Broncos this year because I think, you know, Sean Payne's going to correct that no matter what. So where do you think they land with Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback? I think, I mean, assuming they get a tight end prospect in the draft mm-hmm. and they address the offensive on the defense. line issue – and they work on that defense. Uh, I mean, I think it's going to have to be it's going to have to be a combination of things. It's going to have to be a regression from the for the Chargers with the new coaching or offensive coaching staff. Uh, and you know, I, I think the Raiders are going to be best case if the stars and the moon align a wild card team. Wow. I, I think a lot would have to go their way to yeah. make a playoff run, but I think that that's. In a perfect world, that's what it would be. Because if they're winning the AFC West, Jay, we're talking about cataclysmic event. Mahomes blows his knee out. Justin Herbert gets hurt uh, and misses like six games, or he gets like in and out of concussion protocol. Like Tua, you know, Russell Wilson is you know proven to be a you know a, you know a, sh- a sham uh, of what you know his he was of yesteryear with the Seahawks even under Sean Payton. Like a lot of things would have to line up in my opinion for them to win the AFC West. Yeah, yeah, same here. I mean, I think it's uh, it's an uphill battle. Um, you're looking up at the other three teams, and uh, if I had to guess right now, I think they're probably coming in last in that division again. I think it's unfortunate with uh, how the Raiders, because they got so much talent on that team, but I think this is probably the last year that Josh McDaniels is the head coach out there. Um, I'm looking at another eight and nine kind of year, um, seven and ten, just because Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get hurt halfway through, and then who's the backup, right? Uh, if they, if if anything, they should allocate some resources, and they should obviously go out there and try to find a, a healthy uh, and a good backup, uh, a Brock Purdy esque backup. Now, the last question I have, and I, I promise, is the last question on the Raiders, and we'll move on. All right. Does this move with Jimmy Garoppolo essentially mean they're not going to take a quarterback in the draft? Or do they still take a quarterback in the draft, you know, developing for the future, and Jimmy Garoppolo is that bridge guy? Because as a bridge guy, Jimmy Garoppolo is wonderful. You you have him there for two or three years. He basically, you know, helps you um, mold a new quarterback, whether it's this year or next year, whenever you take in the draft, and it'd be perfect, right? But I think the problem is like a lot of times with these kind of moves, they're like win now moves. And I wonder if that's the thought process with Josh McDaniels, you know, we're going to win now we're going to forget about the future and maybe they won't take out the quarterback in the draft. So do you think Jimmy Garoppolo going to the Raiders means yes, quarterback or no quarterback in the draft? I'm torn Jay. Part of me says they're going to address like the defensive side of the football. Uh, mm-hmm. The other part of me thinks, you know, you could have Jimmy G and, you know, potentially have like 
will love to sit behind him or no. i don't think i don't think ar15 would would fit in that type of offense per se um but i mean he's a he's super green out of everybody there in my opinion but the athleticism's off the chart maybe he sits behind there and plus like you know mark davis is going to want to put some fans in the stands so why not have ar15 we all saw what he did at the combine um i mean gun to head I say they go on the defensive side of the football, but if I honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if they took Will Levis in, in the first round. Yeah, same here, same here. Okay, enough, enough Raiders talk. Okay, this isn't the Raiders podcast. All right, this is Pro Football Radio. We hit on everything in the NFL. I know a team you're super excited to talk about is your Miami Dolphins, who made a big splash before free agency even kicked off on Sunday. The news came through that Jalen Ramsey got. Sent away from the Rams to the Miami Dolphins for basically an Arby's gift card at this point, a third-round pick. Uh, and uh, some tight end, Hunter something. I don't even know who this tight end is. But your thought process on your boys going out there and getting Jalen Ramsey. I mean, they had to address the cornerback situation because Byron Jones is not going to be on that roster anymore. Xavier Howard has been dinged up last year. Uh, and he's got a, a bit of an albatross of a contract right now. Uh, but you know, you p- put him in a, you know, Vic Fangio style defense. I think he's going to flourish. My problem is, is we saw a couple of times last year, Jalen Ramsey got burnt and burnt mm-hmm. with a capital B. Uh, mm-hmm. And a couple of times it looked like he may or may not My have post. lost a step. Uh, so, I mean, unless they're, Vic is going to scheme his way to, you know, protect Jalen Ramsey in, in some sense. Uh, I think this would work out. Jay, but honestly, my issue is, is like I said, like he looked like he was getting mm-hmm. burnt out there a lot. Mm-hmm. They guaranteed like essentially $40 million worth of his contract for this year, next year. But somehow Chris Greer did some voodoo magic and created like $13 million in cap space. I don't know how he did it, but like, I'll take the cap space. I, I have an answer for this that. Is fine, but I have an answer for how the cap, sa- uh, cap space came up. Say it with me, cap is crap. Crap. Say it with me, cap is crap. Okay. Continue. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. But I mean, they had to address. They had to address the quarterback situation. Jay, we were talking about it offline. Honestly, if it was me, this was more of a cornerback heavy draft, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. I think we could have taken some, one of these guys in the in the uh, in the draft and and saved some money in that aspect of things, but. This signals a quasi win now move. Now, if the Dolphins were to say pick up the phone with the Tennessee Titans and say, "Hey, we'll give you this for Derrick Henry," uh, I could live with that as well too, because that would be the flag cementing moment of win now. But I believe we brought back Raheem Mostert and Jeff yep. Wilson Jr. on uh, you know one or two year deals for for the running back position. So yeah, so lukewarm on that move. Uh, I assume you liked it, didn't like it. Ah. <sighs> uh, I've come to terms with it when the, when it first came out. I was a little mad. Uh, now I guess you could say I'm lukewarm. Lukewarm. I'm I'm you know cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm putting more. I'm putting my faith more in Vic Fangio figuring out ways to have Jalen Ramsey in an area of success than yeah. Jalen Ramsey's talent alone right now. So you know, on face value, I've said this a couple of times to you. I, I think last year was one of his worst years of his career. I thought he was declining. I've seen quarterbacks go at him. I, I'll never forget this last year. Like quarterbacks were actually going to him on his side of the field. So 
you know, it, on face value, it looks as if Jalen Ramsey is declining. However, some of the more smarter people than I am, the PFF people that break down all this film, they've come out the last couple of days saying that Jalen Ramsey wasn't as bad as it looks last year. There, there's a certain scheme and coverage they played last year that wasn't really conducive to a his um, abilities and B, that defense itself was not the best, right? So I, I think there's some hope. I think there's some hope that Vic Fangio can squeeze the last few ounces of greatness out of Jalen Ramsey. And I think he will have a good year, especially being protected in that defense. It's key with a Jalen Ramsey type of cornerback. He's not, he's not Darrell Revis. He's not going to be one of those guys that you just put on one corner and he just locks that side of the field down. He's more of a zone coverage corner. That's going to thrive in a system where you've got great, uh, you know, pressure up front. You've got good help on the back end. That's what the, that's where, you know, the Jalen Ramsey thrives. And, and looking at the Dolphins, the defense on paper, I mean, Chubb and uh, the kid Phillips and Xavier Howard. I mean, there's so much talent on that team uh, defensively. And now you're adding in Vic Fangio, who's going to come in and fix that defense. I think this defense next year could be sneaky good, like sneaky, sneaky good. Mm-hmm. Music to my ears. Yeah. Now, uh, the question being, you know, does this make you guys better in the AFC East, right? I mean, we all want to, you know, have that reactionary moment. What does this do for us? Do we win the AFC East now? Obviously, the Bills are our top dogs. Aaron Rodgers, whenever he decides to stop tripping on ayahuasca and make the move to New York, you know, they're going to be in it as well. Does this put you guys in that AFC East, like top echelon? Can you buy the division now? I believe so. I mean, we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago. I mean, if it came down to the Bills to the field, we're taking the field and the Dolphins are part of the field. I would definitely put them in the, you know, second behind second fiddle right now behind the Bills and potentially winning that AFC East. Uh, I mean, the, like I said, like the Vic Fangio edition, I, I can't really quantify how important that is on the defensive side of the football because in my opinion the offensive side of the football is all set because you know mike mcdaniel is going to scheme these guys open jalen uh you know jalen waddle and tyree kill are going to do their thing we still need to address the tight end situation whether or not we're going to pay for dalton schultz to come in or we're going to address it in the draft i there's some prospects in the draft and this is a tight end heavy draft as well too if they're able to find someone that looks or profiles like a George Kittle that could fit in this offense. Fantastic. Uh, but otherwise I think we're lock stock and, you know, loaded to make a run in the AFC East, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. we talked about this a couple of times already. Uh, we definitely both feel the bills are there for the taking. Uh, if you were to take the bills or the field in the AFC East, take the field. And I do believe teams like the jets and the Miami dolphins are going to make some serious noise next year. Some serious noise. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on to some winners and some losers of free agency, Puma, right? Every single year, there's teams that win free agency, and every single year, there's teams that lose free agency. You have decided that the Commanders are one of those winners, and why is that? They That's the offensive line. Uh, they signed uh, the former offensive lineman for the Chiefs, uh, you know, Wiley. He has experience in the Eric Bieniemy, you know, uh, you know, offense that they were running out in uh, in Kansas City and Andy Reid offense, I should say as well, too. Uh, you know, he's going to be able to help transition that to the Washington Commanders, you know, playmakers and whatnot. And honestly, Jay, like this offensive line, I know we hit on it last week. They had, I believe, like at least 10 different offensive lineman combinations last year because of how god awful everybody was. Uh, you know, they really missed Brandon Sheriff. They let him walk in free agency, went to Jacksonville. I'm not saying, you know, Wiley is, you know, Brandon Sheriff, 
but yeah. he sure as hell is better than what they were rolling out there last year. Uh, mm-hmm. to, you know, they're going to have to protect the quarterback, whether or not they, you know, they, you know, they roll with Sam Howell or they're going to find out, figure out a way to draft somebody, uh, you know, but they definitely have to protect the quarterback, protect the asset. And they, uh, they started showing up the offensive line, in my opinion. So I think this is a great move. They have about $21 million left in cap space right now for the season. Mm-hmm. So that's not beyond the realm of possibility that they can make another, you know, splash air quote uh, in the free agency window once it opens up tomorrow. Uh, but I think it's a good move for to address that major issue for the offensive line. Puma, tomorrow, 4 p.m., free agency window opens up. Commanders, Lamar Jackson confirmed. <laughs> Dude, you know, Dan Snyder, man, I know, uh, I'm not trying to bring back last no. week, but Dan Snyder, yeah. he can do one of two things. He wants to yep. put asses in the seats and potentially get a new stadium, bring in Lamar. He wants to deal with the old buffungool to the uh, to the rest <laughs> of the NFL owners, give yeah. him a guaranteed contract. You, yep. can't, you can't lose, man. You can't lose. Uh, and then also we hit on this last week in our NFC East, you know, three point plan for each team. You know, uh, it was important to sign Deron Payne, keeping him in house, right? That, mm-hmm. that was going to be key on the defensive side of the football, and they went up there and did that. I mean, I, I love that defense next year if Chase Young is healthy and Payne and Swain, those guys. That could be the best defense in the NFC East. It's all going to come down to who's a quarterback. I mean, every single year we do this with the Washington Commanders. Who's going to be the quarterback? Is it going to be a new quarterback in the draft? Is it going to be Lamar Jackson if they try to make that move, which I doubt will happen? But who knows, man? I've seen crazy things happen out there, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. And the, I, honestly, Jay, there's no way Ron Rivera was letting Deron Payne walk out that door. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. Uh-uh. Good point. Nope. Good. Yes, sir. Good point. All right, Puma. One of my winners is going to be the Chicago Bears. These guys came out of the gate on fire. I've got some numbers here. So day one, uh, the biggest spenders were going to be the Denver Broncos at $219 million. We'll hit on that here in a second. And then the close second was the Chicago Bears at $121 million spent on day one. A lot of money being thrown around. Now, some of the bigger moves the Bears have made, obviously getting DJ Moore. Um, on top of that, getting a first round this year, or first round next year, second round in 2025. So many moves, so many picks coming in. They got TJ Edwards. They signed him. Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker out of the Buffalo Bills, they signed him. And then they rounded out with uh, with Nate Davis today. So the Chicago Bears, I mean, they came out of the gate on fire. I liked everything they were doing. Um, I think this is a move made by the Chicago Bears full well with um, Justin Fields in mind. There were some rumblings earlier on this year that, you know, the, the Chicago Bears not, might not be, you know, sold on Justin Fields and they might be trading away his, uh, you know, maybe trading him away and essentially uh, taking on C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. So many things were being floated around. But when it comes down to it, the Chicago Bears made an investment both on the offensive and defensive end of the ball and they're going to try to build around their quarterback. Now, looking at that division, it seems like the division right now is um, is there for the taking because both the Vikings are playing well, the Lions are playing really well, which the Lions are, is a sneaky good team. Lions uh, are the favorite. Be, Lions are favorite next year, right? And But I wouldn't <coughs> be shocked if somehow the Bears won eight, nine games and snuck them to the playoffs. I've seen crazy things happen, right? Justin mm-hmm. Fields seemed to have turned the corner last year. So I'm happy for them. I'm happy for them building around Justin Fields. Um, he's an Ohio State guy. I'm hoping he does well. Um, and I like the moves they made so far this year. No, I agree. I have these guys as a winner too. Um, I thought it was a little interesting that they paid that much money to Tremaine Edmonds when, you know, you could have just re-signed Roquan Smith, but yep. 
you know, yeah. that's either here nor there. I mean, he's an off the ball linebacker, but maybe, you know, he is athletic as hell. He can run from side, you know, either side of the field, uh, you know, hash mark to hash mark, you know, mm-hmm. play, play in the zone. I mean, he, he is athletic as hell. So maybe he fits the Matt Eberflus style defense a little bit better than what Roquan Smith did. Um, yeah. I just thought that was kind of like the eyebrow raising move uh, per se. But I mean, everything else like, you know, polls is just restocking that draft war shit, uh, you know, war chest here. <clears throat> and for all those questions of, oh, they really going to stick with Justin Fields? Yeah. Jay, like, yeah. like you said, like they yeah. planted that flag. Justin yeah. Fields is their guy. And they finally, like they finally unlocked him last year. So why would you, why would you mess with it? And, you know, I love the lines. They're a great story, but I mean, I think this is this is a wide open division. So I think yeah. it's great. And also now that DJ Moore is you know solid, you know, number one receiver, that takes the heat off of you know Chase Claypool being the number one guy or or whoever else out there. <clears throat> and hey, maybe we can actually get you know Cole Komet a little bit not like a little bit more involved because he was getting plenty of targets out there. Yep. But you know, maybe they could take some of the heat off of the defense and actually scheme him to be open. So well, I mean, I'm happy you, for this move. If you look at their weapons, they're not bad weapons at all right now. You've got mm-hmm. Cole Komet, like you said, the Khalil Herbert, Montgomery at the running back position. Uh you've got um Chase Chase Claypool, who is not a one, but as a number two. With DJ Moore taking most of the coverage and Chase Claypool getting one, Chase Claypool getting one on ones, I think that is going to be a scary offense. Now I'm, I'm forgetting the name of that uh, wide receiver uh, Mooney. Uh, he's also there as well, right? So yeah, the, the Chicago Bears have a bunch of good pieces, and they just hit it out of the ballpark with free agency so far. Yep, no, great move, love it. Now, my other winner out of uh, free agency so far is the Denver Broncos. My God, that Walmart money runs deep, huh? <laughs> oh, yes, for sure. So um, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but they came out of the gate on day one. and They spent $219 million. That is a lot of scratch. And they, you know, the first thing they did was they went out there and they fixed the offensive line. I mean, they paid $87 million to Mike McGlinchey. Uh, ben Powers got signed, Zach Allen, Alex Singleton. They got a backup quarterback in Jared Stidham. So these guys came out of the woodwork and they, uh, the, the game plan that they have so far, what I'm seeing with these moves is, it seems that Sean Payne is hedging his bets. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make sure we can at least run the ball well, just in case Russell Wilson is as bad as he was last year. And we're just going to run the hell out of that ball. I feel like that's all the moves I've been setting up so far. It kind of points to the fact that Sean Payne really wants to run the hell out of the ball and go back to that Seattle Seahawks day of uh, days of Russell Wilson. Right. I can only imagine how Russell Wilson's going to react to that. Oh, but he can't cook. You're not going to let Russ cook then, Jay. The whole point was to let Russ cook. But no, Jay, you hit the you hit the nail on the head. Like, you know, Mike McGlinchey, he's a good offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Is he worth how much money they gave him in guarantees? Absolutely not. Like, in pass protection, he was, you know, he gave up a, a couple of sacks throughout the season. Um, but he is a hell of a run blocker. And these guys are going to be the Denver, Bron- you know, Broncos pretty much. Uh you know, Javante Williams potentially coming back. Uh, and also, you know, you hear in the smoke come out that, oh, hey, you know, we're interested in moving Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton. Like, you know, that to me signifies that they're going to try to run mm-hmm. the football a bit more. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Jay, like you look at what Russell Wilson did in Seattle. Like, sure, Pete Carroll wanted to run the ball like it was 1985, but he was lethal as hell in like the play action style 
you know, play, you know, scheme. And if you look at what Drew Brees was towards the end, you know, they were just living off of the play action and they were running the, the hell out of the football with Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara down there. So I don't think it's, I, I think you hit the nail on the head again. This is going to be a run heavy team and, you know, scheme up the play action and, and keep Russ off of his back because he was sacked. I believe he led the league in 52 sacks throughout the season last year. I mean, that offensive line absolutely got him killed. Now, I will say this, you know, yes, the Broncos are winners. I think this is more Sean Payton's a winner because mm-hmm. at this point, after spending all this money and fixing the offensive line, and if Russ is still bad, like they can't, you know, Sean yeah. can literally say, it's not me. Like this yeah. is Russ at this point. And, you know, they brought in Jared Stidham as a, you know, as a quality backup quarterback. So, yeah. Who knows, man? I wonder if uh, Russ is going to have his danger, which is ready out in mile high and, and all that, get ready to hand the football off. But, I mean, this is definitely a big splash and a big move for, for Sean Payton uh, for sure. Yeah, and, you know, the blueprint is there. You're going to basically ground and pound the hell out of the football. You're going to play good defense, which you're a really good defense, and you're going to make sure you mitigate Russell Wilson as much as possible. Now, now, if you go into the season next year and Russell Wilson goes back to the Seattle Seahawks days of Russell Wilson, then sure, I mean, all, that's wonderful because now you've got a running attack, you've got a defense to play fo- football with, and then you've got Russell Wilson playing at Seattle Seahawks level. Then you're a Super Bowl contender at that point, right? However, more likely than not, Russell Wilson is not going to get back to a level of play. So this is just Sean Payne hedging his bets. They're going to run the hell out of that football. If you're a fantasy owner, draft the draft the Denver Bronco running backs. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Javante Williams, even though he's coming off that knee injury. But yes, yes, yes. All right, Puma, let's talk about some losers of free agency now obviously a lot can change i'm not saying right now that these teams are losers right now but at the moment we haven't really seen much coming out of these two teams we're going to talk about now the first one being my new england patriots are making no moves at all i I take it back they've made a couple of small moves puma and let me me give you those small moves okay they've signed Broncos offensive tackle Calvin Anderson to a two-year deal. I had no idea who that was. I had to go look up who that was. Like Russell Wilson just got (laughs) slaughtered up there. (laughs) So apparently apparently Calvin Anderson was a guy that was uh, undrafted, came to the New England Patriots, got cut by them, went to the Broncos, started 12 games in like two years, just a rotation guy, a swing guy. And now we're giving him a two-year contract. So he's yippee. He's coming in. He's our Sounds like a Belichick guy for sure. Uh, furthermore, we re-signed Jabril Peppers because he plays great on special teams. Wow, awesome. And then uh, we re-signed uh, our cornerback, Jones. So I, uh, I, I we do this every year, so I guess it's nothing new. But uh, it's shocking that the New England Patriots are still operating as if they, have, as, as if they still have Tom Brady. Um, this is, you know, back in the, the heyday of the dynasty of the Patriots, this would happen, and everybody would be like, listen, relax, don't lose your bleep, just because at the end of the day, no matter what, Tom Brady's going to cover all that up, or we're still going to be in the AFC Championship game. But we're at this point now, Puma, where this is going to be our fourth season without Tom Brady, and it's looking like, I mean, I don't want to get freaked out right now, but it's not looking good. <laughs> I'll get freaked out, Jay. It's fine. You already, you, have, you already have the, you know, internally screaming face going on right now, so just mm-hmm. let it out. Mm-hmm. Um Jay, we were talking about this off air. We just saw like one of the you know free agent guys that Bill brought in two or three years ago when Johnny Smith literally get traded away 
for a hot dog and a handshake to the Falcons for a seventh round draft pick. Do you think Bob Kraft looked at this situation and said, no, Bill, I am not going to make liquid 250 plus million dollars. So you can spend like drunken sailors again. You're going to have to figure it out. Like, is that beyond the realm of possibility at this point? <laughs> oh, love, the homeless bill. I love that Bivacic picture. <laughs> I know that would get you. <laughs> listen, I listen. You make a good point, Puma. That you know, at the end of the day, Bill, uh, that Robert Kraft is not going to shut out two hundred fifty million dollars every year in free agency. At the end of the day, the Patriots are a business with a bottom line. You can't be shelling out that much money every single year and still be profitable, right? So. It comes down to the fact that I think we need to change the way we view the Patriots, Bill Belichick, and team building. Because you just said it, like, hey, maybe Brock Kraft is going to go into his office because you're not getting no money. You figure it out. You're the great Bill Belichick. You can coach up anybody. Figure it out. Yes, he can say that to Bill Belichick. However, in reality, that, that's not how it works. I mean, that, that, that game plan for the last three years has netted us a 500 record and a blow-up performance in a loss to the Buffalo Bills last year in the playoffs. Like, seriously, if you, if you look at the three-year average since Brady's been gone and that game plan of you figure it out, Bill, except for that one year where they went out there and did spend money, we're 25-25 and 25 with a just a shellacking in the playoffs against the Buffalo Bills. So, you know, Bob Kraft really needs to look at himself in the mirror as well and be like, listen, what do I want out of this team? Do I want to just you know, turn a profit or do I want to build a, a winning franchise? And if he wants to build a winning franchise, he's going to have to start, start spending some money. And the first thing you can do to spend some money is go out there and sign Lamar Jackson, you know, go make a big, go make a big move. <laughs> hey, I was like, we were just talking about how Bob did not want to shell out money. Mm-hmm. Now you wanted to shell out money for Lamar Jackson. Well, he's got to look what at himself. What are you drinking over there? Well, he's got to look at himself in the mirror, Puma. Like, what does he want? What does he truly want? Does he want to save, you know, a shit ton of money and have a healthy bottom line? Then great. Roll out Mac Jones for the next two years and you'll be eight and nine, nine and eight at best, and you won't be winning a winning playoff game. I think Bob needs to understand those old days of having a healthy bottom line and winning the Super Bowl are gone. They are gone. So you've got to understand that he's got to make a decision here. And what's the decision? You either go get Lamar Jackson or you be trash on Mac Jones. Like I, I'm just I'm trying to paint the picture here that there are ways out of this. It'll just be interesting to see how they try to maneuver the next couple of days. This, this is true. All right, so walk me through the Lamar take. Lamar <laughs> coming to Boston, Jay. Well, listen, at the, end, this. At, yeah, at the end of the day, this is not like official news. This is just online chatter, you know, radio hosts in Boston putting two and two together. But the general sentiment is that there's a there's chatter that Bill Belichick and this is a, a straight word from the quote, uh, despises Mac Jones. And he, and he would love, he would love for Lamar Jackson to be on the Patriots. Now, if anything were to happen, it would happen around draft time because the thought process is that's when you can maneuver and offer an offer sheet to the Ravens, blah, blah, blah. Now, the other part of this plan is should Lamar Jackson not become a Patriot, there's a small chance that could not happen. <laughs> <laughs> a small chance, Jay? The divide between Belichick and Mac Jones is so strong 
that they would consider taking a quarterback at 14. Like if somehow Will Levis or AR kind of fell into that range and they were within striking distance, there's a chance they could move up and take the take that quarterback. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying that. All I'm trying to illustrate here is the divide between Mac Jones and Bill Belichick is so strong right now that there's rumblings that they could take a quarterback in the draft or Lamar Jackson could be an option. I mean, he did just trade away Mac Jones' buddy, Jacoby Myers, but uh... – you well, know. that's a good point. Well, that's a good point, right? So why trade away, you know, Mac Jones' binky so far? Mac Jones hasn't had much good success with any of the wide receivers or tight ends besides Jacoby Myers. So why trade him away? Maybe Lamar Jackson doesn't need a Jacoby Myers, right? <laughs> this is true. This is true. And we all know how much Bill loves to run the football. Um, yeah. But... I mean, it's definitely interesting, but this is I, this I don't is know. this is like this is like Bill Belichick's wet dream: building a run-based offense like Navy with Lamar Jackson. <laughs> and this is yours too, because you get rid of McCorkle. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, dude! I would, I would, I would need to have like an emergency podcast session. <laughs> I mean, you just smoking a cigarette with a candle lit. Hello, uh, that's so good. Here we go. Um, but yeah, so am I? Am I fearing being a little? Um, a little um, pissed, um, a little um, nervous, a little um, every bad feeling you could think of because the Patriots haven't made a move in a day and a half, or should I relax, as Aaron Rodgers says, and see what pans out? I mean, honestly, Jay, you shouldn't be surprised at this point, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I would be a little panicked because mm-hmm. you look what they're doing in South Beach and you look at what – the Jets may or may not be getting by the end of the week and Aaron Rodgers and they're signing all of Rodgers' buddies up in the, you know, the New York area for the Jets roster. And, you know, the Bills just created 32 million in cap space over the last 48 hours between restructuring contracts with Josh Allen and Von Miller. Uh, yeah, I'd be worried to see, you know, if, if Buffalo is like, oh, hey, here comes, you know, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. for some reason. You have OBJ plus Stephon Diggs plus Dawson Dogs plus, you know, plus, plus, plus here. Uh, yeah, I would be worried that the, you know, New England did not make any moves. Yeah. Thank you for that. But here's the thing, though, Jay. Here's the thing, though, too. Like, is New England really a free agent destination anymore? No. No. Why, why would you go to a hard-o coach that has a hard-on to show you how how uh, how strong of a coach he is and basically belittle you in the cold weather where they don't pay the best with now a new millionaire with the now a new millionaire's tax in Massachusetts that basically rapes these guys on taxes, right? Why would you want to go there? For what reason? You're not going to win anymore. So like, why would New England be an attraction? The only way New England is an attraction is if you pay more. And they've only done that once since Brady's left. And then they're not going to do it again, apparently. So I, I really don't know. We're at a crossroads right now for the Patriots franchise, Puma. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but it doesn't, leak, it doesn't seem like it's going to be positive anytime soon. You know, just get the Tums ready, Jay. Just get the Tums ready. You know, it could be worse. Wow. How can it be worse, huh? You, you could be the Minnesota Vikings right now. You good good segue. You decide a tight end that's caught 26 passes in his career for 200 yards to like a three, what was it? Three-year, $21 million contract that he has 26 career catches. Jeez like he just got Christ. rid of Adam Thielen to create cap space. He signed a an aging Marcus Davenport who's probably coming off one of his worst years, you know, in, in by defensive stats uh, in his career last year. 
you signed him to a contract. You signed a guy that caught 26 passes uh, throughout his career. Unless the Vikings are going to – oh, and by the way, I think they're also going to potentially restructure or re-sign Kirby Cousins up Dude, there. Dude, I hope not. If so, they re-sign – if they extend Kirk Cousins, I'm, I'm going to lose all faith in the Vikings organization. So, unless, like, you know, this, uh, this Josh Oliver person – clearly I know him so well from his 26 career catches – uh, unless Josh Oliver has like an inside track to Lamar Jackson going to Minnesota, these moves make absolutely no sense. Nothing at all in a division that is completely wide open. I mean, you, you have Justin Jefferson up there. You have, you know, this defense that needs to be worked on. Uh, you know, Alvin Cook, great running back. Whether or not he's going to get hurt or not on the next play is, you know, a question mark. But don't worry, though. Josh Oliver's 26 career catches are going to lead us to the promised land. Yeah. So what do you think is happening here? Do you think it's uh, if you had to guess, uh, you know, obviously we've, we're going to give Kevin O'Connell his, his due here because he did make that team into a playoff contender last year. Right. Um, he turned around that offense. That offense still got awful without him. So I, I guess we are, are going to afford him some latitude here, but like, do you think this is just simply it fits the system or like, do you think like, like you said, maybe Lamar Jackson is going to be a Viking here soon. Like I can't seem to wrap my mind around this. Like why is, why is Josh Oliver the guy they like targeted? Like, is there anything else besides just like stupidity on, on their part uh, of this happening? No idea, man. I mean, mm -hmm. logic would say system guy. Um, mm -hmm. Reach for the Stars would say he has, like, back-channel communiques with Lamar Jackson right now. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean... What if, the, what if that was it? Oh, my God. That'd be crazy. But, I mean, think about it, Jay. Like, they have that brand... That, that stadium, U.S. Bankfield, is not old. Like, it's mm -hmm. one of the newest Beautiful stadiums stadium. in the league. Beautiful. They just had a Super Bowl up there. They, they have Justin Jefferson on a rookie contract right now, mm -hmm. uh, who's probably already one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. A run game that is competent... And, you know, whether or not Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison are going to be the last men standing by week 16 or 17 because of the injury history, either way, it works with both of those guys in there. Oh, and by the way, you just traded for TJ Hawkinson from your division rival to put him on there. Like, mm -hmm. I think you could, if you weren't able to drop Lamar Jackson in that offense, you could Let's make go. it work. Especially, like, it's indoors, it's on the turf. Like, come on now. So unless like the Wolves are going to open up those wallets and, you know, pay Lamar Jackson and part ways with two first round draft picks, uh, this Josh Oliver signing makes no sense. And I would do I'm it. not, I mean, at, at this point, Jay, they should, because mm -hmm. you, you know what you have in Kirk Cousins. Like if you, you if you have Kirk Cousins, it's going to be like the Dolphins for the, like the last 20, you know, 10, 15 years where you're going to be, Bad enough to be kind of picking at the top end of the teams, but like, you know, good enough that you're never really going to be cracking within the top 10. You're just going to be treading water mm -hmm. in mediocrity. And that's how you end up drafting Ryan Tannehill. Like you need to make changes and whether or not it's make a big splash and you get your Lamar Jackson or you look at these assets and say, hey, we're going to rip it down to the studs, which I'm not saying they are. They really shouldn't. But yeah. they definitely need to – honestly, the quarterback is holding everything back right now. The quarterback and the defense. But the quarterback is clearly the first problem, in my opinion. Yeah. 
if if that happens, Lamar Jackson to the Vikings, I'm gonna be like Puma was on it first. Puma was on it March 14th. He connected Josh Oliver to Lamar Jackson, but nobody else did. Puma got the scoop. Right here. <laughs> PFR at Brando at, underscore Puma. At Brando underscore Puma got the scoop. Um, nice, nice. Uh, anything else you want to hit on, brother man, or do you want to get out of here? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. All right, man, let's get out of here, bro. This episode of the pod and previous episodes of the Pro Football Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast at YouTube. Be sure to hit the little bell button uh, and subscribe to the page. You'll be notified when these videos are ready to be dropped and or go live for you listening and viewing pleasure. Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review. Google Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review. Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter at PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter, Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima, the captain of the ship on the ones and the twos, is at Jay Chima. Hit us up on social media. Tomorrow, free agency is going to be wild. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Hop on board. It's going to be fantastic. See you guys. Peace. Via con Dios. <laughs> <laughs>